the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the Wednesday edition. I was thinking earlier today, Kath, about confession, about going to confession. Yeah? This is the kind of thing that, you know, I grew up with. Yeah, right. I'm going to go to confession. Okay. Right? And you sort of like looked at the, you know, you kind of knew the church bulletin when confession was. And then you'd go into the church and there'd be other people in the pews who were also waiting for confession. So as a kid, I'd look around and go. wonder what they did. Exactly. That's ex- you cannot help it right away. Oh, what's that? What? And then the people like who went in before you, you're thinking, they're in there a long time, man. It must they, have been a bad couple I of weeks. I mean, what the heck is going on there? Anyway, I haven't been to like a formal sort of that kind of like a priestly confession. In how long? Decades. Okay. Decades. And you were thinking today that maybe you'd go back? Well, I just wonder about that, you know, because, you know, I've been thinking about confession and what that is, you know, how how that works in my life. I'm heck, I just heard, you know, before us on air, we were just, you know, just talking about confession and and how that is good for you and how it cleanses you and draws you closer to God. Don't do it again, but just draws you closer. Mm -hmm. It just makes me wonder about it. I feel like it's... It's very interesting to me. I, you know, I've been a Protestant my whole life. Yeah. I've never gone to confession. Yeah. But the fact that I've never done it and yet it's a, it's like a, a, a move of devotion for so many millions of people in the world. It is. It makes me think that I'd, I mean, I'm curious about it. I was mm-hmm. going to say I'd kind of like to do it, but I really, really wouldn't like to do it. But maybe part of me thinks that it would be good for me to do. I'm surprised there's not more conversation about it within the church. You know, and I'm saying uh, about confession in general. Yes. Or go or going to confession. The act of or the yeah. the development of. Listen, I've the... been really persuaded about it in the last, I don't know, couple months because I, just in this era of such incredible divisiveness. Mm-hmm. I just feel like our only way to see clearly out of our own denominational pocket, political party pocket, whatever, our only chance of seeing clearly, I feel like, is confessing our sins. I agree, 100%. and asking for God's mercy. I Humble really, yourself. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, early, early, I, you know, this is like childhood sort of perspective. But I think about this often. You know, a, a nun when I was maybe like you know eight described it as this: think about your life. And as you sin against the Lord, you, you know, there, there are things that are out of place in a room. Like, so if your house is your life, I mean, mm. if your life is your house, when you sin, then the table gets dirty. Mm. And then when you sin again, the chair topples over. The va- or, right. The and, vase broke. Right. And things are out of alignment. So when you go back to the confession, you're cleaning your room and you are right again in your house with the Lord. 
Now, I remember... That's interesting. I remember thinking, you know, as a teenager or as someone in my, you know, early 20s and just being out of control, just like, you know, a, a virtual sin machine <laughs> and thinking about, you know, that teaching. I used to think, remember that room? The house has been burnt down. <laughs> That does not exist anymore. It's not no. that the sofa no. has like a ketchup stain. No, no, no. it's way the foundation way has been plowed over. That sort of I knew how bad it was. So I often yeah. think about you know yeah, yeah. the state of myself yeah. in my relationship and confession to bring me back in in right yeah. connection. I I get the Protestant you know the, like the theological perspective. Hundred uh, uh, okay? percent. Me too. I don't feel like we. And I don't have... need someone to absolve my right, sin. Right. Right. Exactly. And however. Yes. I feel as if I've I, missed out on a discipline that could have been really helpful. Because I'll say this, having done confession and leaving confession to go outside, when you leave the church and then you go out outside, the relief huh. that you feel, the lifting of the weight mm. that's off your shoulders and you go, okay, I've got a clean slate. There's something that's very powerful about that. And we we know we that, that we have that opportunity every time we confess. Always. But there's something about the nature of the act mm. thereof, mm-hmm. the showing up, the doing of the thing, to receive the forgiveness. There's a big power in that. I don't know. I just think the church, you know, we're missing. We should think about this, talk about this, read about it, preach about it, pray about it. Anyway. I just been thinking about confession. We didn't. We didn't plan to talk about we that. We did not. That wasn't part of the pre-show meeting, no, John. Well, sorry, I just kind of. What the heck? All of a sudden. Out. Anyway, confession. A uh, busy news day as uh, always. I just feel like I need to say. Yeah. I'm wearing a Steelers shirt today again. Uh, yeah. Do you know right. why? Because people who live in the city and love the team, when they're in the playoffs, you wear Steeler gear every day. Wait, don't be so judgmental. I am. Wait, you're looking down your nose at everybody else. A little bit. I see. Christy doesn't have a jersey on. Christy. I don't have one on. Talk to me. I mean. I don't. I don't want to break the company policy of you know. Oh, now she's she's pulling company policy. There's no company policy. Here when Listen, it comes to the company is the black and gold. Yeah. Okay, we work for subsectors of that, but and in this bubble, we have the three of us together. That's the company. The company that you're in yeah. is a Steeler lover. And now, why, why are you talking that way? It's not like you're wearing any. Because well, I support you. I love you and Christy here as mm-hmm. part of this. But I don't necessarily have to go out and do that. Of course not. But if that's your thing, uh-huh. go for it. Because uh-huh. I want the Steelers to win. I'm do picking you? the Steelers to win. He's picking the Steelers on Sunday. Yes, I am. Are you guys picking the Steelers well, to win? We're not talking about it because the picks aren't made till Friday. I'm saying it out loud right now. I think that's scary to say Don't that like scared. that. Don't be scared. Come on. Even Ben was talking about yeah, it today. Yeah, Ben said today, look, we're probably favor- they're favored by 20 <laughs> points. So he said they're going to go out and have some fun. Let's just go out and have a good Play time. Some ball. All right, let's turn our uh, attention to the news. Well, we're behind here. All right, as we always do, Kath, please give us the top four at four. Jeez, now it's all rushed. For let's Wednesday. Go. January 12th, 2022. Number one, the second of three diplomatic engagements scheduled this week between Western powers and Russia yielded no breakthroughs today, but appeared to buy some time for NATO allies still wary of a Russian military invasion of Ukraine. Speaking in Brussels after a four-hour meeting of the NATO-Russia Council today and reported by CBS News, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said the talks between the 30 NATO members in Moscow were not easy. 
and that the risk for armed conflict in Europe remained real. The Russian delegation said it was, quote, not ready to commit to future talks, Stoltenberg also said, but indicated a general willingness to continue diplomatic engagement. The central impasse, the issue of Ukraine's accession to NATO, as we've been talking about, was unresolved. Number two. A Yale University professor said her free online course on the science of living a happy life has seen enrollment spike by 3,000% during the COVID pandemic. Wow. Laurie Santos, professor of psychology, started teaching her class called Psychology and the Good Life in March of 2018. And the next semester, she made the class available for free online. Santos said the pandemic led to enrollment in the course spiking to 3,000% of what it was in 2019. This is what she said, quote, I think people wanted to do more to protect their happiness. I think they were getting great evidence-based advice about how to protect their physical health, mask up, socially distance, get a vaccine, but people were struggling with what to do to protect their mental health. This class provided that evidence-based advice for improving well-being. How about that? Well, that's really cool. According to UPI, the 10-week course features science-based examinations of well-being contrasted with common misconceptions about happiness. Students learn to develop and implement strategies to increase their own well-being and are given the, quote, happiness-boosting challenges as homework. Hmm. Number three, John, Christy. Yes. Imagine being on a blind date that you couldn't get out of. That's what happened to a woman in China whose video blogs about going into a citywide lockdown during a blind date have gone viral. God bless this poor woman. According to CBS News, parts of the city of Zhengao, I have no idea if that's the way you pronounce it, they were abruptly placed under lockdown last week when a woman surnamed Wang was having dinner at her blind date's house. This is what she said, quote, just after I arrived in Zhengzhou, there was an outbreak and his community was put under lockdown I couldn't leave. <laughs> Since then, Wang has posted short videos documenting her daily life in lockdown, which show her date cooking meals for her, what? doing household chores and working at his laptop while she sleeps in. What the heck? So far, it seems romance has yet to blossom during their prolonged date. According to Wang, who says she's looking for a, quote, more talkative partner. Besides the fact, quote, that he's as mute as a wooden mannequin, everything else about him is pretty good. That's what she told a local paper. Despite his food being mediocre, he's still willing to cook, which I think is great. That sounds like a pretty good date. Huh? And number four, I've got a weird animal story for you. Oh, who doesn't mm-hmm. love weird animal story? Magawa, the hero rat, passed away Sunday in Cambodia after a short retirement. Why, you ask, was Magawa a hero? Magawa sniffed out more than 100 landmines oh. and other explosives in Cambodia throughout his career. The African giant pouched rat was physically strong, so every day he searched more land than other rats and found more mines than others. This is according to NBC News. At the rat's retirement in June of last year, Magawa alone had found 71 landmines and 38 unexploded ordinances, making him the most successful mine-clearing rat ever. Over his five-year career, he helped to clear more than 225,000 square feet of land. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And that is your top four. Fabulous. Can you believe that? Can you imagine how many bombs are in Cambodia and Vietnam? I I mean, just... Aren't animals great? How does a rat find it and not get blown up? What's that like? That's why he was a hero. That's Mm -hmm. why he knew what he was doing. But he retired. All right. Take a quick break. He was tired. Of course he was. A very long, demanding career. Six lessons for tending your time. 
That's up next as we take a quick break. Time is on the menu here on The Ride Home. Be right back. WORD. In his brand new teaching series about integrity, Chuck Swindoll tackles a sensitive topic. Run from sexual sin. We're never told to argue with it or reason with it or try hard to resist it. We're told to run from it. Get out. Become equipped with proven tools for winning over temptation when you listen this week to Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is is windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. I don't know. It seems like more than 24 hours for each of us would be helpful with all the things that we have going on. And yet there are still only 24 hours allotted to each of us. No matter how busy you think you are, no matter how busy work is or your home life or how much stuff is on your to-do list, you still only have 24. Well, the Beatles sang about eight days a week. Okay, it's different. And whenever that's been tried... We'll talk about that with Sarah coming up. It's No one's ever liked it. Sarah Eckhoff-Zilstra is with us, senior writer and Faith at Work editor for the Gospel Coalition. She's also the co-author of Gospel Bound, Living with Resolute Hope in an Anxious Age, and she's thinking about tending her time. Sarah, welcome back. 
Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, Sarah. Sarah, I, I think you're pretty common in that you, you write that time and the use of it or not makes you pretty anxious. It does, you know, because I really want to steward my time well, mm-hmm. and I really want to have productive days and be efficient. And so I'm reading all the productivity books and I'm trying the tips and I truly do love doing that stuff. But sometimes it feels like either you're cramming it in every single second. And so you're exhausted at the end of the day, or else if you didn't cram it in every second, then I just feel guilty or lazy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no winning, right? No, there's no winning. That's horrible, isn't it? Is, is there anything worse to be on the couch and feeling guilty about your um, about being on the couch? I hate that so much. <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right, Sarah. So you grew up in Iowa, which I didn't know. I read this in your article, and so it has to. I, I, I shouldn't say it has to. The question is: Is it different living in a community like that versus living in a major city? Time wise, I would. Th- I think so for sure. There's a, a time difference, and I think that you know, especially even as you move farther south, it seems like time slows down and people are just more relaxed. So I do think it's true that your the stream of time that's going past you. Um, and I was wondering this with one of my friends the other day, too. Like, can you even slow yourself down or do you have to move to a slower stream? Um, I, I was thinking just a couple of days ago, um, I, I've got a, a lot going on right now. And it's like a, a to-do list that just never stops. And I, I was just so mm-hmm. profoundly unhappy at the end of last week. I just couldn't. There, There's just not enough time to do all the things that I want to do. And I, I was driving home. And all of a sudden I realized that it was going to be important for me to say I can't to something. No, I'm Mm -hmm. saying no. I actually can't do that. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. I don't want to or I refuse to. Just literally taking into account my own capacity, I just can't do that. Sarah, I I have a terrible time doing that. Yeah, and you know what I do too? I agree with you. And it's making me think like, boy, don't we all want to be like God? Like we just have unending time and to do it all and to do it all really, really well. Um, We don't, we hate those limits, don't we? Of like the limits on our time or the limits on our energy. And so I think that's something, especially in America, honestly, that we just struggle with a lot is um, being able to set those boundaries and, and recognize, hey, you're not God, you're a limited creature. Yes. Okay, so Sarah, uh, in your piece you wrote at the Gospel Coalition, Six Lessons for Tending Your Time, you you call yourself out as a child of the Iowa cornfields, and you use the land as sort of a a lesson plan to talk about how we can look at time, how you've engaged in time. So one of the, the, the first thing you've talked about is planning your time, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this is something I first started thinking about, I don't know, a couple of months ago, because um, I was th- I was kind of comparing time to land. And we know, you know, it's amazing. God put us on this earth. We have just the right amount of gravity. We don't float away and we aren't squashed onto the core of the earth. We're just the right amount of distance from the sun. We get the right amount of light and heat for a human to live. We have the right water. We have the right soil for growing crops. It's just amazing the way that we live like this. And it made me think about time like that, too, which is also astonishing if you think about it. Human beings need seven to eight hours of sleep, and that's how much dark time we have, right? Or human beings, you can work about, you know, I don't know, 38 to 45, 50 hours a week. That's really like your limit before your productivity totally dives. We can see that in science. And that's how much time is in a seven, basically. That's the, you know, the week that we're living, those seven days a week 
Um, as you mentioned earlier, Kathy, some other cultures have tried doing a five-day week or an eight-day week, and it just doesn't work. Everybody comes back to that same seven days a week that God planned for us. And so I was thinking, if I, you know, can I apply the same lessons as to the land as we, as, that we can apply to our time? So yes, you're right. Planning is one of the first ones. Um, nobody, you know, has a field and just throws their their uh, seeds everywhere just. And so, Sarah, do you look at that on a, a week's basis? Um, for planning, you yeah. Mean? Or do you do it on daily? Yeah. How, how do you how do you for how do you do that without being weird? What do you mean? <laughs> she knows what I mean. It's like if you plan everything out, all of a sudden you're not going to have any friends. No, no, you're right. I mean, you want to have um, you want to have a little bit of space in there. And we talk. I talk a little bit about that, like in the margins or having gleanings in your day too, not to overplan your day, but to just sort of feel. I I plan for long range stuff. I plan, um, you know, like quarterly, and then I also do plan um, on a daily basis as well. Like, mm-hmm. hey, here's, here are kind of the things I want to hit today. Um, and that helps keep me on track. Right. Okay, so you talk about weeding, right? You know, your land analogy. Now, Sarah, for me, I say no way, way more than I say yes. It's just something I've just gotten. (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to say no, because if I say yes, then I get too tied up in too many things, then I resent myself, I resent the activity that I'm engaged in, and I don't do good at it. So, you know, as I've gotten older, more, probably 10 times no than yes. And I think it's served me well. Well, I was going to ask you that. So, like, then that feels that's a good. We should probably all be saying no more mm-hmm. often than we are. Don't take my advice, but but, yeah, but seriously, yeah. I mean, seriously, I think it's working. It worked for me. It has worked yeah. for me. I just think you know. Yeah. I know I've so overcommitted so many times and done such a horrible job right, of doing following through, and then things. you hate yourself and you go, "I'll never mm-hmm. do that again." So I just you know I've learned by just yeah, being such smart. an abject failure. Well, if you think about that in weeding in terms of there's even good, like if you look at some weeds are really pretty, but that's not what you want to be there. So if you can kind of focus on, and that that just comes back to planning too, like what are the main things that I want to do in this day? And if it does, or in this quarter or in this year, and if if something comes along that doesn't fit that, you've got to kind of either reevaluate or pull it out. Um, because you're exactly right, John, you can't do all a good job on all the things. So think ahead of time, what are the things I want to do a good job on? And maybe weed some of that other stuff out. Time is precious. That's yeah. really good. I really appreciate that. Sarah Atkoff Zilstra is with us, senior writer and Faith at Work editor for the Gospel Coalition. We're talking about her latest article, which is called Six Lessons for Tending Your Time. Right. So years ago, I'll never forget this. I was uh, it, it, I was doing something with a group of people and there was a break and um, I was out wandering around this mall area until we were called back in. And I ran into one of the people that I, I was doing this job with, an older woman. She probably was in her 70s at the time. And she said, what are you doing? And I said to her, innocently, oh, I'm just killing time. She lit up like, I mean, she just got hot. And she stood there and wagged her finger at me. And she lectured me on why I would choose to kill time. And I mean, I never forgot that lecture. It was a good lecture because, you know, you think, I don't want to kill time. I don't want to waste time. I want to be productive about it. So there is a fine line here. But the idea of people, I'm just killing time, that does resonate with me. Mm Mm-hmm. I like, as I've been thinking through this, I like the words um, nourish or uh, flourishing or tending your time instead of, you know, some of the productivity things I, I get can get so far into that that it feels like yeah. I'm wrenching stuff out of time or I'm 
trying to twist how to oh. get as much out of it as I can, and that's also um, super unhealthy. Yeah, okay, so different mm-hmm. the analogies of wrenching of time, the killing of time, squeezing yeah. time. Yeah, that's good. All right, what about this idea of fertilizing, if we're sticking with the farming metaphor? Um, things that kind of build us back up things that re-energize us what are those things yeah. for you and how and is that something that you schedule and plan um yes well i think you certainly can um and i would say so like as as nutrients get worked back into the soil everything we do depletes us right even the good things going to work you come home and you're tired um so there's some good habits that you can use to kind of work that energy back into the soil um Certainly, it would be like you could read a good book for a little bit to give your mind a break. Going for a walk, there's lots of studies on how exercise replenishes us. Good food, consistent routines, um, all these things are stuff that you can work into a schedule. Even stuff like taking a moment to sing or to pray, um, to journal a little bit, um, to talk with a friend on the phone for a few minutes, those unscheduled things as well can just um, kind of realign your heart again and fill you fill you back up. Right. So, Sarah, this is weird, and this is just probably uh, just because Kath and I have done this forever. Uh, and I, I kind of, you know, for a long time I expected my family to understand this and to sort of follow along. Because we're on the radio and everything is in a second perspective. You know, I'm looking at seconds. I live my mm-hmm. life around seconds. And so when it's time for us. We can close our eyes and know when 60 seconds is up without I can do that. even looking. My internal clock is very <laughs> attuned to 60 seconds, right? So now, you know, at home, especially when our kids were little, I'd be like, okay, we're leaving right now. You know, that family slog. Mm. And I expected everybody we're to leaving sort of in like. leaving in three minutes. Right. Like, we're all. We're all on the same clock. My <laughs> clock was totally different than my wife's clock, certainly than my kids' clocks. So there is a relaxation. Again, it's like that sort of we've been talking about here. You know, there's a relaxation about time that, you know, I don't want to feel guilty about it. At the same time, I don't want to be crushed by it or kill it. And there's, it's so complex. And, you know, even, you know, I, I do love the piece that you wrote, Six Lessons for Tending Your Time. But I guess for all of us, we have to figure out the time thing on our own time. Oh, yeah. And I think it's worth taking the time to try and figure it out. Honestly, Um, I think it's worth taking the time to think about it and to sort of figure out your own best rhythms or to figure out this is when I'm going to be more relaxed or to figure out, hey, here's the main goals I want to hit this week. Or, you know, this is how I want my Saturdays to look or however it is. I think I've never been poorly served by taking some time to think about what I'm doing. Nice. That's good. This yes, has been re- real encouragement, and I'm a little bit of a like stand up and take notice thing. Right. And so, thank you for your time, Sarah. Oh, <laughs> thank you for sharing this time with me. <laughs> Thanks for planning for us. That's Sarah Eckhoff Zilstra. You can check out her latest book, Gospel Bound: Living in Resolute Hope in an Anxious Age. Yes, we've been talking about her piece of Gospel Coalition: Six Lessons for Tending Your Time. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, 
to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy in labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Unjunk your sleep at Mattress Firm's new bed, new you sale. Start the year off right. Shop select mattresses from top brands starting at $159.99. Plus, you'll even get immediate delivery. Don't miss out. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 29. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a high of 43. Continued cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 30. As we wrap up the week Friday, it will be colder with sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll see a high Friday of 31. Cloudy skies Saturday, it will be very cold with a high of 20. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Don't you love it when it gets, it's been so cold lately, and then you go out on a day like today, and it's like, oh, this is not bad. Springtime all of a sudden. I went out this morning to do an errand with my coat on. Yeah. I came back, and I thought, well, that was superfluous. I didn't need that. (laughs) So I went out the second time. I was coatless. Oh, yeah. What the heck? Now, next week, everyone's going to have pneumonia. Meanwhile, in July, when it's 68, you're like, wow, it's a little chilly out. Isn't that weird? Oh, weird. Okay, how about this? Uh, I saw this piece in the trip today. Uh, Thomas Strock and Erica Silvestri took their dog, Chewy, on a long walk through the neighborhoods, the neighborhoods of the city of Pittsburgh. The South Oakland couple planned out the journey to stroll through all 90 of Pittsburgh's neighborhoods. They found the cool list idea. of stops at visitpittsburgh.com, took their first steps with their dog, Chewy, January the 15th of 2021. They finished their last steps on December 4th of 2021. They would drive to the neighborhood that they were targeting for the day and then spend several hours walking the streets of the neighborhood. Isn't that a great idea? That's, I, 
probably 90% of Pittsburgh neighborhoods I've never been in. I feel the same way. You, I mean, you drive through the neighborhoods, right. but you've not walked the streets. No. And, of course, it's different than it is night and day. Yeah. I mean, where would you go? Okay, what neighborhood do you think? You know, because I often think about, like, I lived close to Polish Hill. And right. So, I've never walked around Polish oh. Hill. Never. I would love to walk around Polish Hill. Yeah. Why haven't I done that? I don't know. I never have. You know, when... Uh, How it was about the a, Upper Hill? Never done that either. Yeah. How about maybe two years ago, you I, I confessed on air I'd never been to the Frick. Oh, right. And you said, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Get yourself to the Frick. And so I had a day off coming up. Like within a couple of weeks, and I went. Drove out there. I'd never walked around that neighborhood. That's a great neighborhood, that isn't it? That is a spectacular. Point around Breeze. Reynolds in there. Yeah. What a beautiful Back neighborhood. Back in there by Frick Park. Never, mm-hmm. I had never done that. Speaking of that, I saw that the um, Clayton is now uh, opening tea service once oh, again. Pardon me. I, my wife brought that up today. She was like, would you do tea service with me? I was like, oh, Absolutely. Who's going to say no to that? Well, you know, people, you know, but you're going to have like some tea and some scones and sit, you know, I'd be happy to do that. Be fine. I had an uncle who refused to go to Clayton because he was boycotting um, the Frick family. Henry Clayford. Like, 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 I'm sure that means a lot to Henry. <laughs> He's been dead more than 100 years. You know, yeah, he, I'm not going in Look, that I've building. heard a lot of people say that, but the bottom line is all of the property, it's now where it should be, which is, it's all for the people. Exactly. So why would you just, you been just say thank you? Clayton's been under construction for oh, so long. Oh, so no, I've never been inside. It's fabulous. And they also have concerts there as well. Anyway, the grounds plenty of neighborhoods to go Sure, into, yeah. Right? Where, where would you go? Uh, I, I would like to go to the Upper Hill because I don't know right. the neighborhood at all. To walk yeah. up there. I mean, the Crawford Grill, I like to walk up there. And... Okay, here's a good example. I walked uh, Chatham Village. Oh, that's fabulous. In Mount Washington. Yeah. I hadn't done that until six months ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's a really cool visit Pittsburgh.com, and they've got all the neighborhoods charted yeah, out. You can go and visit and you know walk around to your it's heart's great. content. It's inspiring, actually. Very Eric Andre is joining us next. Daily practice, meditating on the word, devotions, and prayer. Straight ahead on the ride home for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. Joshua 1 9. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Hear the series, The Source of My Strength, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. You know what you could do? You could put in a massive swimming pool in your basement and fill it with Skittles. Ah, Skittles. There'd be a big light-up slide. And you could slide headfirst into Skittle heaven. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a Skittle Paradise could also be cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? 
I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Are you a daily Bible reader? Are you a daily prayer Pastor Eric Andre is back with us. Eric is the campus chaplain, Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also at First Trinity Church in North Oakland, here to to talk to us about the daily practice. Eric, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Nope, we don't hear you, Eric. Oh, there we go. You're on mute. There we go. Sorry hey, about that. You're good. That's, that's all good. right. Better safe than that, sorry. That's Murphy's law of uh, online uh, video calls, right? You're muted when you don't want to be, and you're unmuted when you <laughs> Yes, that's <don't. laughs> it's so true. So your daily practices, sorry. they're very important to you, are they not? I think it's essential for, for the Christian to be in the Word and in prayer uh, daily, uh, to be nourished, um, to and to be disciplined about it. Right. I mean, we have we have the gift that we can go to our Heavenly Father at any time in any place. And and, and that's a wonderful gift that, you know, I'm sure we all take advantage of. Um, but that that those spontaneous prayers are complemented and supported by a daily disciplined, um, structured reading of, of Scripture, meditating on Scripture, praying on Scripture. Uh, which I, w- without which I think uh, one's spiritual life would would ultimately run dry. I mean, it's it's, you know, I've said it before. We we have this buffet table that God gives to us, uh, and we want to eat something of everything, a lot of everything, including being daily uh, in the Word in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Is that something that comes easy to you, Eric? Well, Kathy, I know this may surprise you, but I'm a sinner. What? Um, it's yeah, so disappointing, yeah. John. Yeah, you can't, you can't join us on the I air. Know. You cannot. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna well, I, I think I think no. Yeah, I mean seriously. I mean, yes, it just this, seems this like is... for some people, based on their personality, it's a little easier to do a daily practice of anything than it is for other people. Yeah. I, I think that's true, but I think honestly, for ninety nine point nine percent of Christians, it is at least somewhat of a struggle, sometimes a significant struggle to be in this kind of disciplined daily reading of the word and prayer, to set aside that time to say, I'm going to, you know, get my prayer book. I'm going to get my devotional book. And by the way, maybe I should say here, when we talk about meditation, because we, we use that word, um, it's interesting. I've been talking to my students about this and immediately for a lot of people uh, that sends signals of some sort of 
Eastern religion or right, mysticism. Right. When we're talking about meditating on the word, we're simply talking about, and you know, we're coming out of this Christmas cycle uh, in the church year where we hear uh, both in Christmas and Epiphany, for that matter, that Mary, several times in Luke's gospel, it'll say that Mary pondered mm. all these things in her heart. She pondered what it meant that the shepherds came and worshipped her, her, her son, that the wise men came and gave gifts, that, that he said he had to be in his father's house in the temple and stay behind in Jerusalem when they were looking for him. She pondered these things. That's what it means to meditate. It means to hear the word of God. It means to focus on Jesus, on who he is and what he does, and to, and to ponder them. To, to not, not, there's a place for, for example, Bible study, and for pastors like myself, there's obviously a place for sermon preparation, uh, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a meditative, pondering, indwelling of the word for, as it comes to us in, in, in the scriptures, receiving it as 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 the blessed word of our dearest friend of our of our heavenly father uh but yes kathy i do think it's a, it's a straight i go through i go through dry seasons where it's a struggle uh it can be a struggle even just getting to it and when i do get to it sometimes it's a struggle to to recognize and take joy in its benefit and then i go through seasons where i realize i'm getting to spend time with my best friend right, right. and i'm getting to hear what he has to say uh, not only to me, but about my community, about the church, about the world I live in. Uh, but I think that's where discipline helps because we are creatures of habit. The more quickly we can establish a habit and seek to sustain it, the more regular it will become. So I always encourage my students, make it, make this time of prayer and Bible reading. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be five minutes, 10 minutes. But make it the same time, the same place mm. every day. This is my prayer desk. This is the time I will do it. Let, the, let your roommates know. Let your family know. Don't disrupt me during this time. I'm going to be hearing my Lord and speaking with him. And, and if you miss a day, don't, don't dwell on it. Get back on the horse the next day and, and, and do it then. But I, and I also suggest first thing in the morning. I know for some people it works maybe better last thing at night or maybe, maybe, you know, maybe before or after dinner. But I think first thing in the morning because otherwise so many other things immediately come in, intrude on, on your mind, on your focus, on your attention, and do it first thing. Get, get out of bed. You know, I, I, I've gotten to practice. I got this from one of my, my, my colleagues. Uh, even before my feet hit the floor, I've said a little prayer. I've said a brief morning prayer. I've said the psalmist words, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, then I get up, splash some water on my face. And then I, and then now for me, it's turned out it works best if I do it when I first come to work, when I first come to the church. Sometimes I do it before the girls get up, but to be honest, it usually doesn't happen before then. But I do it when I first come to work before I get into all the other work. Right. And, 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 and if I don't, that's when I struggle. That's when, well, okay, I'll do it at noon instead, or no, I'll do it at three. I'll do it right before I go home. No, it, it's too, too much else gets on the agenda, too much else on the plate, and, it, and you don't get to it. The Ride Home streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. You can watch the show unfold. Eric Andre with us on uh, Zoom right now, so you can see all three of us having nice. the conversation. Okay, Eric, so then set the stage, right? So the, the time of day, it's good to be consistent with that. Now, but I, I do know this, that a lot of people who are believers will say, I've carved out the time. I'm ready to do the thing. 
but I don't know how to do the thing. That's where the church is a great help. Um, I know, you know, obviously a lot of churches have what we call a lectionary, a series of assigned readings for each Sunday and even for each day for that matter. And I realize that some churches don't. But even if our listeners or our viewers are, are, are attending a church where that's, where that's not the practice, I guarantee you that if you go to your pastor and ask him, is there some sort of daily devotional book, a daily plan of Bible readings that you could supply to me? I guarantee your pastor will have that. Um, again, if you're at a church that has that cycle of regular weekly or daily readings, you can look it up in your hymnal. You can ask the pastor. You can go online, of course, and find it. Sure. And again, I think that's helpful. Obviously, there are certain passages we, we love to read over and over again. Psalm 23, uh, John 3.16, and that's great. But if we're only and always picking our favorite passages, we're not going to get the whole scope and counsel of God throughout Scripture, and we're not going to get taken through the church here following the events of our Lord. And, and, and we're not going to be as tied to the rest of the body of Christ as if we follow some sort of regular pattern. And again, it, it avoids the danger of... Um, like like you put it, not knowing what to do. Where do I start? You, you, this this is about disciplined order and not just randomness, right? There there's the old joke about you know the guy who decided he was going to kind of read the Bible at random and he looked up one verse, just turned to the Bible and it was the verse about Judas hanging himself and then he turned to another verse and and in that verse it said Jesus said go and do likewise. So you know you, that <laughs> can get kind of dangerous if you read it at random. So yeah, yeah so I think and 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 uh, I should also mention you know prayer books but devotional books you know. We have had great thinkers, great men and women who have supplied us with countless devotional literature throughout the 2,000-year history of the church. Mm -hmm. And most of those will have an assigned scripture passage for the day, a brief devotion on that. And then, of course, you add your own thoughts, your own specific prayers. I think it's good to pray from the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's the perfect prayer. It's the Lord, the, the one Jesus himself taught us. And from its petitions, you can, you know, you can just, it, it's, it's endless, really. It, it, Every true prayer can fit within the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, the requests for, for daily bread or the forgiveness of sins or for God's will to be done. If you can't fit what you're thinking about and praying about in the Lord's Prayer, then it's probably not something that you really should be praying for, frankly. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it all fits in there. So I think, I think there, again, the church and the scriptures themselves are a great help for that, that discipline and order. So start, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a different, uh, you know, it, if you're in church on Sunday, again, whether the church uses a lectionary or not, there was certainly some scripture passage that was read and that was preached on. You can take that scripture passage, meditate on that for the next seven days, read it each day, seven times that week, uh, pray on it, meditate on it, um, and and uh, include prayers, you know, for for the broad community, global community, as well as for yourself and your needs and your family from that from that text. Or maybe share it with somebody. I, I read this passage in Luke oh. yesterday. It, it it blew my mind so much. I came in today and I said, John. Stop what you're doing. I have to read you this. Which is wonderful. Yeah. And because it's it's hard to, I mean, of course I can look up a commentary. I can do, but there's something about talking to somebody else who knows God and saying like, what do you think about this? Yeah. Like, how about this thing that I just read? Yeah. I think, I think there are at least three um, aspects of, of, of what we're talking about. There's, you know, I'm focusing right now on kind of individual private devotions. Um, but there's also... Of course, family devotions. Uh, we should sit down. Those of us who were blessed to have a family, a husband, wife, kids, or whatever, our, you know, however we're living, or roommates for that matter. It's good to have group devotions in your home. Um, but from that, also, this third aspect that you point out 
you know, even if I'm doing this devotion as an individual, if I'm doing this reading as an individual, yeah, there's things that will jump out, even in passages we've read a hundred times that we then can share with the brother and sister in Christ, encourage them, exhort one another, edify one another. Um, and, and, you know, for that matter, you could have that kind of group devotion, even if you aren't living in the same household. Uh, that's, that's, you know, you can say, hey, here's the Bible reading plan we're going to follow. Get together for lunch once a week or once a month and, and discuss what you've read. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing as well. That's very good. Uh, so I guess the bottom line is, uh, no matter what you do, it's important to be in meditation, in prayer with the Lord. And just find the way to yeah, make it work. Read it. And, and, you know, John, to, to just backtrack a little bit on your question there, how to do this. I mean, I think it's so comforting to know what, what I'm going to read here from St. Paul in Romans chapter 8. It's so comforting to hear these words from St. Paul. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So none of us are, are perfect masters of prayer. None of us. None of us are perfect masters of meditating on the Word. But there is one who is, and that's the Spirit. Uh, Paul acknowledges here that, I mean, it's interesting. He says we do not know what to pray for, and we don't know how we ought to pray. We don't know perfectly what or how, but the Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit takes our prayers to the heavenly throne. Uh, he sanctifies those prayers. He sanctifies those thoughts, and they're brought, brought before the, the throne of our heavenly and gracious and merciful Father. We have the Spirit on our side when we're in the Word. The Word is the home of the Spirit. That's where the Spirit speaks to us. That's where the Spirit assists us and intercedes for us. Amen. Fabulous. Eric, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. You always give us a slice of wisdom and encouragement. And today you gave us a game plan. So that's really necessary and good for us to, to hear that today. Yeah, great to be with you. God our, bless you. Our pleasure. You as well. Eric Andre, he's the campus chaplain, Lutheran Student Fellowship, and also at First Trinity Church in North Oakland. We'll take a quick break. we got more ahead. Um, can you teach a goldfish to drive? Can, wait, we're talking about that next? The <laughs> yeah. goldfish teaching. Yeah, we are. All right. All right. Be right back. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. 
Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church at Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. Do you have a goldfish when you were a kid? I did have a goldfish. I mean, I had a lot of fish. You know that. Yeah, but a goldfish. I mean, it's the basic, you know, kid 101 thing, right? Yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, Israeli scientists have taught a goldfish how to drive. I've seen it. Okay. Israeli researchers have taught goldfish to drive, according to a study that offers new insights into animals' ability to navigate. So they they have this little thing. It's called a fish-operated vehicle. And they put... (laughs) The FOV. mm -hmm, The FOV. And there's a, a tank with a little goldfish. Like a water tank. Yeah. And they have these lasers that are able to look at the motion of the goldfish. And then they have an endpoint that has obstacles around, the, to, you know, to the endpoint. And apparently through trial and error, the goldfish have been able to move accordingly, left, right, forward, back in the tank. And they go around the obstacles to take the FOV, the fish-operated vehicle, back to its destination. It's a thing, and I've seen the video of it, and it's really weird. A goldfish. What is the brain power of a goldfish? You wouldn't think it was that powerful. No. Okay, so it's, but it doesn't realize that it, there's a FOV. No. It's but it's just going tr- to something. It's, it's traveling to a destination. And it's going around obstacles to get there. Yes. It's seeing that there's an obstacle and I must go around right. that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's that's so cool. The okay. study hints that navigation ability is universal rather than specific to the environment. So, of course, yesterday's news was that a pig heart was 
transplanted into a human being for the first time. Yeah, with genetic... A pig pig that was genetically modified for that purpose. Which is super cool, because if that was the possibility, imagine... Right. I mean, people are are in line waiting for heart transplants, liver transplants, you name it. Sure, but we don't have any idea the long-term effects of that. You know, we just don't know. Right. So so we have that. Now we have the goldfish driving. We saluted the rat at the beginning of the show that was like the greatest, you know... Mine, uh, landmine discoverer in the history of Cambodia. So, how do you use animals without exploiting animals? I, that's the question. Right. How do you honor animals yes. and what they can do right. without right. Right, the exploitation part? Right. I mean, we could also consider the fact that in, I don't know, six months, a year, three animals could take over this radio program. I guess. We'll take a quick break and we do come back at the top of the You didn't even blink at that, Christy. I thought he'd lose argue. The cloud of smoke. People are smoking more. During the break, you can go out and have yourself a butt. We'll talk about that next. See, it smokes. Cat's got that smoker's cough right already. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Customers are finding a trip to the grocery store is more like a scavenger hunt. Virus troubles and severe weather leaving those store shelves bare. Having trouble finding your favorite crackers or lunch meat? It's not just you. Shortages are happening nationwide at U.S. grocery stores as the Omicron surge and severe weather add to pandemic labor and supply chain issues. The Consumer Brands Association says the percentage of items out of stock has climbed from the usual 5 to 10 percent to 15 percent. Weather-related events, from snowstorms to wildfires, have also hit shipping and product availability. Benjamin Whiteley in Washington, D.C., told the AP he was disappointed to find empty vegetable bins and a sparse selection of turkey, chicken, and milk. ConAgra Brands, which makes everything from frozen vegetables to canned chili, told investors that supplies will be constrained for at least the next month due to Omicron-related absences on food production lines. I'm Jennifer King. This is SRN News. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access. Federal Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. 
He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. Want to be a more effective disciple maker in 2022? Crossroads Ministries in Finleyville presents Refuel One Day Pittsburgh, Tuesday, January 25th. A free event for pastors, ministry teams, and community leaders to come together, be inspired, and learn what effective disciple makers do to better impact our world. Featuring Thomas Road Baptist Church Senior Pastor Jonathan Falwell and leaders of the Liberty Church Network. 9 to 3 p.m. January 25th, lunch will be provided. Register free of charge at CrossroadsMinistries.com. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 29. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a high of 43. Continued cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 30. As we wrap up the week Friday, it will be colder with sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll see a high Friday of 31. Cloudy skies Saturday, it will be very cold with a high of 20. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us here. The sun sets on another day in the city. Wednesday edition, 5 o'clock hour. Did you ever smoke a cigarette? I've never smoked a cigarette. You've never <laughs> smoked no. a I never, cigarette? I never have. One, Not one cigarette never, in never, your life, ever. I never have. I find that shot. <laughs> Christy. You a smoker? Nope. You've never smoked? Never smoked a cigarette. No. Never. Never had a cigarette to your lips? No. <laughs> the two of us oh. have lived a very sheltered life. Holy smokes. No pun intended. <laughs> John, I re- have you ever smoked a cigarette? Oh, my God. Listen, <laughs> I grew up in a household, you know, both my parents smoked. Now, look, you know, that's just how it was. That was that generation that they smoked. I remember being a kid, like six, seven years of age. You know, this was the era of the corner store. My parents would give me a buck, and I'd walk to the corner store and buy two packs of Chesterfields or two packs of Pall Malls, two packs of cigarettes for a buck. That's how long ago that was. But they always smoked. And, you know, I remember being in the station wagon, the windows <laughs> rolled up, seven kids, my parents in the car, and they're both smoking. And people worry today about secondhand smoke. I should have a goiter the size of Montana. <laughs> My, some of my brothers and sisters, they still smoke. Do they? Yeah, uh, it's been okay, a lifelong so you have, addiction. Okay, so you have six siblings. Mm-hmm. How many of them smoke? Uh, I think two. 
two, maybe three. Okay. Still, you know, and it's like it's one of those addictions that they they all decry. Okay, but you never smoked regularly. No, never smoked regularly. I mean, so hanging out with a bunch of actors, of course, you know, especially like in the seventies, there's a break. People are smoking, and so to fit in, you know, I'm gonna go outside the theater, stand out by the loading dock or wherever, and have a cigarette with them. But there's something about a cigarette to me. That always feels so dirty. Oh, really? Like, you put it in your mouth, and I'm going, I enjoy the social aspect of smoking, of just being together, having something, you know, there's something romantic about it as well. And it's kind of hip as well, you know, to hold something lit in your hands and to smoke a cigarette. It feels good. But it's also filthy. Like, you know, the inside of your mouth Mm -hmm. is like... I need to brush my teeth like right away, wash my face and hands. Oh, so you were like a really prissy smoker. I kind of was. Yeah. I was not a good smoker. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that to say, I saw a piece uh, about that cloud of smoke is not a mirage. That, you know, smoking, we've been educated as a society, I believe, way for the better since the probably, you know, 1970s and especially during the 80s, that there was a, a huge public relations push to pull people away from smoking. And so smoking rates have plummeted in this country. Thank goodness. Saved many, many lives. I think it's said that now maybe 13% of the population would identify as a regular smoker. Mm. It's kind of funny. I'm speaking right now because I've got this, uh, the beginnings of a cold, and I kind of sound like a smoker. Anyway, 20-somethings now, and they, they – Pin this on, shockingly so, to the pandemic, people isolated, seeing other people outside smoking a cigarette, wanting some sort of social interaction. Oh, they going picked up outside. smoking so that they could talk to, like communicate with other people? Yes. Really? People are like, you know, so in this article, that cloud of smoke is not, not a mirage. The, the article pl- clearly is based in Brooklyn. So you've got all these mm. hipsters. People living close together in small places. In apartment buildings, you know, walking the street. Let's get together. And so it's social distancing, right? You're in a circle of people, you inst- whatever, you know, in the early days of that whole pandemic thing. People bumming cigarettes and mm-hmm. hanging out smoking. So among 20-somethings, apparently, smoking is on a huge rise. And not necessarily vaping. People are saying, I'm not going to put a... um. Well, what's the uh, you know the electronic thing? You know your your phone charger. I'm not gonna have a phone charger in my mouth because you know vaping apparently was supposed to be like the new, sure. and now that's proven to be really poor for you as well. No surprise. Of course, right? The so, huge, gigantic, deep cloud of pink smoke isn't good for me. Right. I mean, remember, I remember being. Remember the ridiculousness of being in an airplane. And having the smoking section, and or on, or how about on a Greyhound bus? Oh, oh yeah, I took I, one time. I took. A I'm Greyhound sure, Christy, bus. you can't even imagine that. No, I mean it. It was shocking to be on a bus. A bus. You think about that, and like the smoking section, which <laughs> I mean, we're, look, think of the air that we're all breathing. Right. One time, I went and visited my my parents retired to Florida, and I drove a car down to Florida. This is like a shock. I drove a car down to Florida, and it broke while I was there. So I had to take a Greyhound bus back to New York City. It took me. Oh, I was going to say, it must have taken uh, me three days. It was horrific, and of course, it was a smoking bus. And the worst part was my seatmate 
I could not shake this guy the entire time. From I was like, it was like you know, um, John Voight and Dustin Hoffman in Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> the guy next to me, I swear to you, had this thick, viscous smoker's cough. He coughed on me for three full days. I was never so happy to see a person walk away from me in my life. Seriously. Anyway. Uh, okay, the, so twenty-somethings are now like smoking cigarettes. Yeah. At High the, rates. The rise of smoking for 20-somethings wow. based and upon the pandemic. Is that just in America? Well, uh, from the article, the cloud of smoking is not a mirage. It looks like it's just based in Brooklyn. Right. You know, that's okay. where the author is right. from. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I wonder, because you think about places in Europe where you living situations are so much smaller, mm-hmm. and people live much more communally anyway. I wonder what the smoking rates are there. Well, you look at, I mean- the the Europeans and then this is just a, a broad generalization. The French, especially, I mean that oh smoking message gosh. never got to them, right? Of course, because it was all style. It's part of their culture. Yeah, it is, and there is a certain style to that, mm-hmm. right? Sure. It looks very attractive, doesn't it? It does, if you don't, you know, consider all of the health implications. Right. It looks fine. I mean, remember, you know, I remember, you know, smoking was sold. If you look at old magazines, smoking was sold as a health benefit to people. Oh, sure. Right. I was looking at some things just the other day about the Spanish flu pandemic and how smoking was going to really help you beat the flu. <laughs> I mean, talk about some bad science. Yeah. My dad, uh, he smoked all his life. And, uh, of course, he died of a combination of any number of things. But I remember he was diagnosed. <laughs> My dad, I love him, Don Hall. Long since gone. He's been gone since the 80s. But uh, he was diagnosed with cancer, and I went to see him. I came back from New York to see him, and he was like, hey, John, I quit smoking. Hey, Dad, you've been diagnosed with terminal cancer. But he was proud that he yeah. quit smoking. I don't know. I, you know, that whole generation got sucked into it. good about being able to do it, yeah. I mean, yeah. and every possible area of media was just pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. right. Just the way it is. All right, we need to step away. When we come back, um, tool, temptation, or distraction, how do you look at art in your life? Whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whether it's fine art, music, how do you look at it? We're going to talk about it with, with Terry Glaspie next. 101.5 WORD. Have you ever wondered why marriage is so hard? Deborah Faleta says it's because there's a lot about marriage that you just weren't ready for. You're not born a natural communicator. You're not born knowing how to do conflict well. You learn. How to overcome the deficits to have the kind of marriage God wants you to have. That's next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds, paint waves on the walls, and cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 
This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen. Lupita Nyong'o stars in The 355, a new female-led action film, and she had this to say about her character. She's very intelligent, extremely passionate about digital security. She is extremely skilled in what she does, one of the best in the world, and a very direct woman. The 355 rated PG-13 in theaters. For my review and more, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different ports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. I think it's fair to say that as beautiful as the arts are, whether performance, visual, creative, whatever, as beautiful as the arts are, I believe that most people, Christians and or otherwise, are fearful of the arts because they don't know enough about them, they think, or that they feel, you know, just out of the loop. They mm-hmm. should, you know, they beat themselves up because um, I know what I like, but I don't think that's what everybody else likes, so I'll just be quiet about it. Terry Glaspie's back with us. Terry's been a guest on our show over the years. He's a writer, an editor, a creative mentor, someone who finds various forms of art, painting, films, novels, poetry, music, to be some of the places where he most deeply connects with God. He's got a piece in Christianity Today called, Are the Arts a Tool, a Temptation, or a Distraction? Hey, Terry, welcome back. How you doing? It's great to be back with you. Yeah, Terry, really good to talk to you. Um, before we start our conversation, maybe to set the stage, could you tell the story you told at the beginning of your article in CT about uh, you reading a Kurt Vonnegut novel and Carl coming up to chat? Uh, yes, yes. Well, it was a situation of, uh, of I was sitting down reading a novel by Kurt Vonnegut, who is an author who I appreciate, mm-hmm. who is not a believer, uh, but who I think has great insights. And I, I had a friend who's a Christian come and sit down across from me, and uh, he kind of looked at what I was reading and made it pretty clear he was didn't approve that he, you know, he said, I said, have you ever read anything by Kurt Vonnegut? No, no, I never have. But he said, mostly, I think I'm good just reading the Bible. And um, I kind of knew that at that point, there probably wasn't much other place for the conversation to go, because although I believe that reading the Bible should be an important part of our day, every day, I think God has given us the arts as other tools for spiritual growth and spiritual transformation. Um, you know, I, 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 I've read a lot of books on faith and the arts, and a lot of them um, are a little bit kind of written for the elite people who already know about art and love art. And what I wanted to do is write a completely different book, 
a book that would also reach just the normal person who might think, well, somehow the arts aren't for me, and to kind of make the case by telling stories and giving examples of why the arts can make a difference in any Christian's life. So have there always been, and we all know Carl in some way, right? Um, yeah, yep. And so, um, and and Carl, and you bring this out in your article. The Carls that I know are extremely well-meaning uh, people who are who are devoted to Jesus and you know want to learn to live well and all those sorts yeah, of things. So, so none of our commentary, hopefully, will come out sounding judgmental about it. It's just a different perspective on art. Um, and so, I'm wondering if there. W- so we know that there are Christians who think, well, art is for art is worldly, or art isn't really necessary. Um, and I'm wondering if there were points in history where that was not the case, where where the Christian community was was fully invested. Well, you know, if you look at, at the arts throughout the history of Christianity, um, there's always been a, a a good and a, you know a good kind of a carefulness about not letting the arts be used as for idolatrous purposes or letting them take the place of our faith. But there's also, throughout Christianity, and I've made this point several of my books by showing examples, all the way through the history of the Church, there have been artists who have been feeding us in rich and powerful ways. And, you know, I don't think we even sometimes think about the fact that the hymns that we sing in Church or the worship courses, those are a form of art. Um, God has given us the arts uh, as a as a powerful tool, and we don't need to be afraid of them because. Uh, and I, I think it comes down to a theological uh, concept of the fact that, as Francis Schaeffer said and others have said, all truth is God's truth. God uses various channels to come at to, to deliver truth to us. Now. None of them are the same as the Bible. None of them are divinely inspired. But still, they are channels for us to discover and learn about our faith. Right. Okay, so then what about those people who are somehow art-averse, Terry? I mean, you yourself, I'm sure, you know, I mean, you you didn't, you know, grow up all of a sudden completely informed about art, whether it was music or or the, you know, paintings or film. This was an education. This was something that you were interested in. But what about people who go, well, you know, um, I know Thomas Kincaid and, um, you know, I bought an image of him at the mall and I think that's pretty, but that's all I need to do. Well, and to that I'd say, you know what, there's no moral imperative for you to go beyond Thomas Kincaid in your taste. And if you like it and it feeds your soul somehow, that's wonderful. I'm not going to criticize that. Yeah. But I will say, like a lot of other areas, the more we expose ourselves and the more we learn, the more we can, can build out our enjoyment. I mean, I grew up in a home where I never went to an art museum as a kid. We never went to a concert, except I think one time we went to see Johnny Cash. Um, we, you know, we did not have a lot of art experiences. But after I became a Christian, I, I sort of became interested in, in, in how throughout our faith, there have been people like Bach and Rembrandt, for example, and, you know, modern people like, more modern people like C.S. Lewis and uh, Dostoevsky, all these people who, for whom the arts are their way of communicating 
and what they're communicating is a very profound experience mm. of their faith. And so, you know, I find their work it just nourishes me in very, very profound ways. And I, my, my challenge would be to that, you know, person that we're talking about is, you know, give it a chance. You know, maybe you might try reading my book, Discovering God Through the Arts, my newest book, and just see if it helps you kind of get a little uh, different vision about the difference art could have in your life. We're talking to Terry Glaspie, his new work, as he just said, Discovering God Through the Arts, How We Can Grow Closer to God by Appreciating Beauty and Creativity. Terry, without knowing that we were going to be speaking, I bought your book for my daughter for Christmas um, because I've, I've enjoyed your work so much in the past. And the thing that I love about it is it just continually pushes me a little bit to look at a different thing or read a different thing or listen to a different thing. And um, I don't know, there's something so wonderful about being surprised. You know, um, we can stay in, in a safe Christian bubble and, you know, keep all of our music, you know, exactly what we expect and all of our book books exactly what we expect. But going out and seeing just what people create, just what human beings create, and being surprised to find God there is such a treat. And that's what art does for me. Um, so Terry, talk about that. Talk about being like willing to engage with art, even of people who aren't believers. Well, I, I couldn't say what you just said much better than what you said. It That was very well put. And, and that has been my own experience, and I can speak from that experience that that art has made a difference in my life. It's helped me to see myself in a deeper way. It's helped me to understand other people in a better way, uh, and it's helped me to see God in a richer and deeper way. And that's because through art, what we're doing is we're, in a sense, seeing life and reality through the eyes of another person. And the more of those other perspectives we bring, the wider and uh, deeper and more compassionate and more all-encompassing our own experience is. Um, I, for one, don't want to be limited by what I happen to know and understand now. That's why I, I keep reading the scriptures. I keep studying theology. I keep talking with people about their own experiences, and I keep uh, keep exploring in the arts and finding uh, new things that feed me. Not everything does, certainly, but uh, but what does, I, I found just can make such a difference in my life. Fabulous. And it's not scary. It's not scary. So, Ter, take a page out of your new work and, and, and talk to those of us who would like to have just the beginning thread. I'm, I'm interested, but I don't know where to start. I mean, I know that I can go look at, you know, uh, the classical paintings of, of Rembrandt, and I can see Jesus' representation there. But, the, you know, from, from the modern to the classics, there's all sorts of depictions of Christian life, uh, Jesus, all those things together, if you want to go there. And even, you know, non-specific Christian images, you will still find Christ within those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is exactly the reason that I wrote my last two books, the mm. first one being 75 Masterpieces That Every Christian Should Know. I mean, it's it's a handbook to 75 ways to introduce yourself to art and music and literature and poetry and film that um, 
that that have made a difference in history in a lot of people's lives and can and can feed you and and then the new book discovering dog food yards is kind of a handbook for showing you all kind of some of the different ways that art can uh, impact uh, a person how it can help us learn to read scripture with greater depth and more imagination how it can help us to pray and meditate and, pre- and prepare us oftentimes for prayer and meditation, mm. how uh, it can teach us to be more empathetic, and, mm. and the list goes on and on. That's good. Terry, what about um, just the fact that art speaks in a way that other things can't? You know, it's not it's not reading a, a work of literature is not the same thing as reading a work of theology. Wait, so a prayer right. as a as opposed to a poem. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a great question because, I mean, the reality is listening to a sermon um, it can be a very powerful experience, but it, it, it oftentimes gets limited by what we can take in in our brain and what we're willing to accept and listen to. And the powerful thing the arts do is they do kind of an end run around around experiencing with only our brain. They get our heart and our emotions involved as well. And when they do that, I think they give us a richer view of reality. And they help us to discover uh, things that we haven't thought about and uh, things that we didn't know. Mm. Well, Terry, the new book um, that was recommended to me, I should say, by Byron Borger, mm-hmm. who is a local bookseller oh, here in Byron's wonderful, yeah, sure Pennsylvania area. He's no better bookseller than Brian. Yeah, he really he he did such a yeah. anyway. He and I talked on the phone uh, or talked via email about some things for my daughter, and uh, he brought up your name. I didn't even realize the book was out, and so I was very grateful for it. She's she loves it. I love it. It was just it was really fun to talk to you today. Well, I've really enjoyed it, and thank you for letting me preach my gospel of. <laughs> Of letting the arts uh, impact your life. It's good news. Yeah, it's very good and yeah. necessary to hear. Discovering God Through the Arts, how we can grow closer to God by appreciating beauty and creativity. Check it out. Terry Glaspie. Jackson Hewitt needs you to know three things about filing taxes this year. One, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits on the table. Two, you have to file for them to make sure you get the right amount. Three, a Jackson Hewitt tax pro will help track down every credit you deserve. Tax credits for being a parent, taking care of a parent, going to school, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on thousands. Jackson Hewitt knows that. Discover thousands in tax credits and get your biggest refund guaranteed. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. High school students are deep into the process now of choosing, hoping, applying where they are going to be as the fall semester gets underway at colleges across the country. And, you know, from your own experience, this may have been you. Certainly it was us. You start to think. Uh, what do I want out of a school? How does this work? Where what, am, do I, what am I willing to pay for? Where do I fit in? What exactly do I want to be? At Grove City College, they say that you can pursue your calling to be transformed. Because an excellent education is really just the start. And you can discover your unique calling at Grove City to become a leader of purpose and principle in a Christ-centered learning and living environment. That's Grove City. It is. And it's one of those things that you should look into if college is in your future next year. 
maybe if you're a senior, as you said, John, or maybe you're a college student who's interested in transferring to another environment, looking for um, another set of professors, new set of friends. It's worth it because Grove City is a small place, but it's academically rigorous and the idea of pursuing Jesus while you're learning, while you're being encouraged to grow intellectually and academically, you can't beat it. Who are you? Well, Grove City College has the answers for you. Look online at gcc.edu. Grove City College. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, loves sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to school. We were going through a green light when another car ran a red light and hit us, killing Joe. The National Safety Council estimates one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. Visit nsc.org slash callskill. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 29. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a high of 43. Continued cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 30. As we wrap up the week Friday, it will be colder with sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll see a high Friday of 31. Cloudy skies Saturday, it will be very cold with a high of 20. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Makes sense. Does what make sense? Egg substitute. The egg beater would be a brand name. Oh. Available in the dairy section in a little unassuming carton. I've never tried it. But I would imagine for people who have, you know, high cholesterol or, you know, some sort of dietary thing, it would be a godsend. Mm-hmm. So I, I would chime in with my limited knowledge. I, I would say... You, you mean no knowledge? I'd say prefer limited. Okay. I mean, just in... I don't mean in general. I mean the egg substitute knowledge. I prefer... Okay, limited. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense to you? Nope. What? Mm-mm. Wait, you've had... So you've had experience. I've you had a lot knowledge. of eggs. So, yeah. Why? Why do you... Well, because, why you, even had, you know, I grew up with... My dad had high cholesterol. Oh. Uh-huh. And so we did the egg beater. Listen, I can't... I just want you to know how many things I would give up before I would go the egg substitute route. Really? What, oh. What's the deal? Are they eggs? They're... I don't know exactly what, are what they? they are. Is it tofu? I don't know. I'm not sure it, what it is. Does it taste like an egg? Christy, could you do some investigation Have you there? done... I, have you done egg substitute, Christy? Yes, I have. Okay. Why? It, yeah. It's bad. To try it's all right. It. No, it's not all right. It's bad. Well, apparently it's, somebody's buying it. Sure. I'm just saying that if I had the oper- if I had if I had a high cholesterol situation, which I might end up with, mm. I would find all Anything. sorts of ways before I would go in that direction. 
Okay, I I don't give it any thought at all because it's just something that's egg not... substitute. I say, John, that does not make sense. All right. All right. Does this make sense? Artificial plants. I mean, I, I looked down here out in the hallway here at our studios, and there's a, like a, a large fiscus tree that clearly is fake. When I look at that, I go, "Why bother?" I mean, why do I have to be teased with the prospect of something fake that makes me think it might be real? Yeah, no, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, I, you no, know, right. during the you know streaming of the Zoom thing, everybody had. I, I actually bought a fake. I've got a fake plant in my Zoom room, which I know is a real come down for you. What it was ridiculous. I look at it and I go, "I'm going to throw you out." Then I go, "No, don't," because you know it might have to go back to Zoom or something like that. And so then I have a fake plant. Mm-hmm. But they, they just, it's just a tease. Why bother with a fake plant? Especially when you're surrounded by windows. It's yeah. not like you, I mean, sometimes if you need a little, you want a little green in a nook? No. No? No, no nook. There's no, okay, no, green no, no. I understand. I, I, Do I you feel have like, fake plants? I feel, no. I feel like you're right about that. I feel like we should just say that doesn't make sense. And I don't want to denigrate those who love no, fake plants. No, of course not. Because, you know, they, I guess they serve a purpose that, you know. But not for you. And not for me. It doesn't make sense. Egg beaters. 101.5 WORD Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends With the best new music New, new, new music Life is good New music from Courtney Ramirez Promised Land from Toby Mac Yeah, I'm wondering Where's my promised land And Show You the Cross from Maddie Mullins I'll show you the cross the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by United Faith Mortgage. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dynavite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dynavite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, exercise. You know, the right gear makes all the difference. Sure does, which is why I went to Kohl's and got an Adidas hoodie for my husband and some Under Armour gear for myself. Is shopping your cardio? <laughs> More like my motivation. I also picked up some Nike sneakers for my son. Oh, family workouts. <laughs> That's the goal. 
Select styles. Coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or close.com for details. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. cancerscreenquiz.com. You like to go to thrift stores, right? Oh my gosh, it's one of my fave things. Yeah. Well, here's a cool story. This is a woman, her name is Chelsea Brown. She lives in uh, New York City. She was at a Manhattan flea market when she saw an old handwritten letter. So on a whim, she said, uh, I'm going to just buy this item for a dollar. I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to try to trace where it came from oh my and return it to the family. Within a half an hour on a genealogy site back at her New York City apartment, she found the descendants of the person to whom the letter was addressed. She reached out to them offered the long last letter, which they enthusiastically accepted. She said, from that moment on, I never stopped. She, to this date, uh, has done 190 connections with postcards, letters, and whatnot. Her father, and this is weird. I know this is, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Her father is a trained genealogist. And they started working on a genealogy case as a father-daughter duo back in 2019 because they went to uh, the uh, grandparents' graves, her grandparents' graves, and next to her grandparents' graves was a baby that was buried in 1938 in a New York cemetery. So they made it their mission to trace the baby's lineage and eventually were able to find her living relatives who knew that she existed but did not know where she was buried. So they reached out to this family. They were like, we knew about this. They went and visited the grave, and they were like, now we know that you know she's with us. She's not. She's part of our family again. Isn't that cool? She says um, uh, she buys t- objects usually between a buck and five bucks. She traces them down. She spends the additional postage. She said she's probably spent thousands of dollars on returns at this point. She That's an to, amazing story. Isn't it cool? She says she's able to uh, track down the descendants eighty percent of the time. She finally uh, she tries to opt for things like um, some sort of a clue a name, date, some identifying marker. Then she goes to MyHeritage, which I don't know the site, MyHeritage.com, to build a family tree and to scour for potential descendants. Isn't that cool? Wow. I'm looking at MyHeritage.com just to see what it is. Mm -hmm. Free family tree genealogy. Discover your family story is what it says on the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing that you can do a free trial for maybe seven days and then then it's... You're charged for it. She's now working on returning a baby journal from 1908. Isn't that cool? I um, love the fact that she thinks that that's important. Of the hundreds of heirlooms she's collected so far, there has not been one person that hasn't wanted an item I found. That says something. Um, she was a, There's a woman, Mary Jane Scott, uh, who grew up in Arlington, Virginia, was one of Brown's recipients of a long-lost heirloom. She received a message from Brown around Thanksgiving of last year, asked if she was related to Hans Wittstock, who indeed was her grandfather. 
So Brown said that she retrieved a ration book from World War II belonging to Hans and other members of the family. I couldn't believe it, said Scott, 72. I was tremendously excited. I couldn't believe that she would take the time to do that. I can't believe it either. I just love it. I love it. The technology exists to make it work. So you go, okay, yeah, I can do this. And this article's in the Washington Post, uh-huh. correct? Yep. These are just not items, she said. They are treasures. Wow. You've brought up a couple of things that have inspired me today, John. Inspired you? Yeah. Holy smokes. Maybe I'm getting, like, uh, soft in my age. No, no, I just think you're curious. We are curious-minded people. I think people... The cool thing about the upside of the internet, that it, uh, in, yes, it, it engages people who are, who are curious. curious. And yep. I think people who aren't, even aren't curious... Right. Every sudden, all of a sudden, I mean, every Google search now is, you know, you're playing detective. Right. Which is fabulous. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of being uh, playing detective, I have, we just did this yesterday, but these two people are interesting, and so I'm bringing it to you again. I have celebrity birthdays. Oh, all righty. Okay. Now, so I just have two be- today. Okay. But um, they're high profile enough people. Kind of interested to see how you come okay. down on this. All right. Uh, first off, Jeff Bezos. Celebrates a birthday today. Jeff Bezos. First the, of all, did you catch all the the uh, flack he got on after his New Year's Eve uh, photo on Instagram? I did. Okay. Whatever. Do you see that, Christy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no more. That was as dry as possible. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was doing multiple things back here. Of course. And then Jeff Bezos pops into the picture. Right. Jeff. Today's Jeff Bezos' birthday. Yeah. How old do you think Jeff is? Uh, this is. Can you imagine trying to buy a present for Jeff Bezos? I, I mean, he owns Amazon. I mean, ridiculous. Like, like he wants. Like he needs something. Uh, Jeff Bezos, I would assume, I'm guessing, you know, it's, it's, these are one of these names that you think has been around forever. But the fact of the matter is he really hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Jeff Bezos is not yet 60. So my guess is Jeff Bezos is somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, shot in the dark, uh, Jeff Bezos is 56. 58. 58, not bad. 58, okay, right. Jeff Bezos. Also, the birthday of Howard Stern. <laughs> Radio the king legend. of all media. Exactly. Howard Stern. Did you ever listen to Howard Stern? Uh, I have only listened to clips of Howard Stern because I was never a subscriber. A subscriber. So mm-hmm. never. On, so living in New York City, you know, Howard Stern, that was his home base. Before he went to Sirius. Right. And uh, I had no interest in Howard Stern. But then, you know, just as a radio, you know, curious about radio, I tuned him in occasionally. Yeah. I mean, that's some bad. I mean, you know. But not anymore. Boy, it's interesting how he's evolved. Yeah. Uh, but he would do every outrageous, Oh, sexist, Mike, are you kidding? Thing yeah, of course he did. But he, did you see his interview with Letterman? No. You know Letterman's show where he does yeah. an out, you know, I think it's a 60-minute interview. Right. Um, he, his interview with Howard Stern is absolutely fascinating. Really? Yes. It's absolutely fascinating. He's turned the and corner, Howard. He has. has absolutely turned the corner. In fact... Um, Dave Letterman talked about a uh, an instance with Howard Stern that was very upsetting for him. D- that, for David Letterman? Yes. He said, Dave was speaking, and he said, uh, you said something on your radio show about my wife and my son. Oh. And he said, it was incredibly hurtful to me. Hmm. And Howard said, I know that. Uh and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry I said that. I'm so sorry I thought of saying it. And David Letterman said, yeah, I know you're sorry. It's okay. It's okay. He said, but I, I just want to show that. And he pulled out this painting that Howard had done for his wife, for Dave's wife, as an apology. Hmm. Because he so much regretted 
what he had done that he painted this thing for her, which is beautiful because he's a wonderful painter. Is he really? Oh, my gosh. He's a wonderful painter. And it was interesting to hear two people be able to talk about something that was that injurious. And there was an apology and there was forgiveness. And they were willing to talk about it in a public way in front of a thousand people. Because... Being in the public realm, right? I'm sure Letterman. How many people have has Letterman hurt or made angry sure. or, you know, over the course of his? Not long as many career? as Howard Stern. Probably. I'm sure it hasn't, right? But you know, you, you sit behind a microphone for any number, you know, number of years, and you say things, right? I mean, whether you forget or you're just callous or you don't care or whatnot, things come out. So. That's good that both of them recognized that and they were yeah. able to find peace. Yeah, you should watch that. Okay, I would. Yeah, thank you for that it, recommendation. Yeah, and uh, and his birthday's today. Howard Stern's birthday mm-hmm. today. So how old do you think Howard is? Uh, Howard's, uh, he, he, uh, he's not that old. Um, I would say Howard, you know, you know, take that with a grain of salt, right? That's from my worldly perspective. I would say Howard Stern is 68. Exactly. Hey, hey. 68. Happy birthday, Howard Stern. Yep. Okay. Again, I have a very limited, this is a small bubble that I am able to encompass. But you're very good in that bubble. I'll tell you that. Very good in that bubble. Okay. So would you, uh, let me put it this way. Were you offered a lunch with Jeff Bezos or Howard Stern? Oh, I'd go with Howard Stern. (laughs) Christy. I'd probably go with Jeff Bezos. You don't really know Howard Stern. I, I... yeah. I know horrible things and that's all okay. I know. Yeah. I mean he's a heck of a storyteller. He's a wonderful. He's he's he is a shocking radio talent. Yeah. He, he really, really is. is. I agree. He 100%. just he's he's an amazing radio talent. He's someone in, in hearing him talk about himself, he is uh self-aware. Mm-hmm. And he's able to say this is who this is why I am the way I am and this is what has gotten me into so much trouble. And not that that's an excuse. It's not. He doesn't try to let himself off the hook either. No, I don't think he does. No. I'm, I I I have a very limited like I said I've I'd never listened to his program. Um I'm not a subscriber. I never lived in New York. I've only seen oh. clips. So I follow, you know, his wife and he rescue cats and that's my biggest connection with right. them. I, right. I follow them on Instagram. But it has nothing to do with the show. I mean, listen, in New York City he was a massive, a gigantic. He was the king of New York. He really was. I mean, he ruled the radio airwaves. And, of course, you know, he did identify himself as the king of all media, which, of course, he is not. But there was a period of time where very few people were bigger in media in the United States, probably on the cusp of the Internet, hmm. which is weird. You know, going online, you know, he signed this gigantic contract with, you know, serious media. And his star, I would say, is diminished because of that. He's not made himself available to the masses. Yeah, but he was going to get in too much trouble. He already had gotten in so much trouble. Yeah, because he just doesn't care. But look how look how things have changed. He was the engine, I think, for where we are nowadays. I think that I think that that talk radio as we know it um, is what it is, largely because of him and Rush Limbaugh. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. For better or worse, they're the ones that made the medium what it is. And people, I mean, people sure loved him. But he was vile. Oh, very, oh my really, God. I mean, really dirty. Just, yeah. you know, but a fascinating guy and able to reinvent himself. Right. Yeah. I wonder what his numbers are for serious. You know, I they're mean, still huge. Are they I just really? saw numbers not too long ago within the last six months. So millions of people yep. every day are still yep. listening and subscribing to yes. Howard Stern. Yes. That says a lot. Yep. It does. Because you look, look at somebody like Christy. I mean, 
you've got to be over 50 to love Howard Stern. Maybe over 40. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, probably over 40. And certainly it would be an acquired taste. And it's super niche, right? Uh, we were watching, oh, you know what we were watching last night? A friend of mine has been asking me for like ever to watch um, the uh, uh, newsroom, uh, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, right. The same friend has been telling me to watch it. What did you think of that? I Have you w- watched that, Christy? Nope. I've, Remember I've only, we talked about we that, talk right? About it. I've only watched one episode. It's so dated. Real? Is it 90s? I don't know. Maybe what, early 2000s. It was 2000. an HBO series, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, the first 15 minutes, I'm like, this this feels like Pollyanna-ish. Why? Because it's so tame? Yes. Because the time frame is like, I mean, what's really interesting is the opening episode is um, Jeff Daniels yes. is the, you know, the anchor right. of a large, you know, he's sort of like, I would say, I would liken him to, and again, this is a time frame thing, to Tom Brokaw, mm-hmm. that sort of mold. He's certainly not, you know, like if you're watching the morning show, he's not, um, Jennifer Aniston. No. Uh, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. He's not that. But he's a man of great, uh, talent and I think great integrity Although something tragic happened in his in his life that propelled him off the you know off the deep end for three years, the opening episode is he's talking to a bunch of college students, and the question comes up about America: Why is America the greatest country in the world? Why is America? And these college students, one after another, opine about why it is. You're kidding no. me. I can't even picture that. And he says, well, it's not the greatest country. It once was the greatest country. And here's how it can be the greatest country, which, of course, creates a firestorm. And people are like so offended that he would even say that. Now, I mean. My gosh, saying that, you know, America is a great country in any media, we're going to have emails pouring in. It's it's incredible. So this the series is is dated. However, it's you know Aaron Sorkin, it's beautiful and it's deeply patriotic. I mean the the episode <laughs> is is a love letter in some ways to America. It's really? fabulous. Yeah, it's fabulous. I can't even picture that. Yeah, it's very very well done. But it's it's interesting to see how mass media quickly mm-hmm. becomes so dated from one of the masters sure. from Aaron Sorkin. Anyway, that's what I'm watching. All right. It's interesting. Coming up next, UK scientists have unearthed a 32-foot sea dragon. The photo of this, like an aerial photo of looking down on it, is truly unbelievable. We're going to talk about it next. Right home. Hey, Meg Robbins here. And I'm David Robbins, president of Family Life, and most importantly, Meg's husband. And we would love for you to join us on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise, February 6th through the 13th. It's seven nights away just to focus on a stronger, more connected marriage on one of Royal Caribbean's largest and nicest ships. And we are going to be stopping at three beautiful ports. And the cruise is happening just before Valentine's Day. And I'm just saying, it's currently not too late to sign up, but the clock is ticking. It's really such a special time to get away and focus on just the two of us and enjoy solid teaching, great worship and entertainers, and most importantly, time together with my favorite person. Now I'm looking forward to that too. 
And hey, you can join us and save up to 60% with the code JOINUS when signing up at lovelikeyoumeanit.com. That's lovelikeyoumeanit.com. We hope to see you there. No healthcare costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Unjunk your sleep at Mattress Firm's new bed, new you sale. Start the year off right. Shop select mattresses from top brands starting at $159.99. Plus, you'll even get immediate delivery. Don't miss out. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. People find all kind of really cool, weird things. How about this? Um... The remains of a monstrous 33-foot-long sea dragon that swam in the seas when dinosaurs were alive some 180 million years ago have been unearthed on a nature reserve in England. The behemoth is the biggest and most complete fossil of its kind ever discovered in the U.K. Quote, it is truly an unprecedented discovery, one of the greatest finds in British paleontological history. Wow. Excavation leader Dean Lomax, a paleontologist and visiting scientist at the University of Manchester, says um, they are extinct. Uh, what, it's, I, I can't even bother. I'm not going to bother. Uh, from the Triassic period, 250 million years ago, they disappeared from the fossil record 90 million years ago. Long snouts look familiar to modern-day dolphins. The newly discovered fossil belongs to a large species, the first time the species has appeared in the U.K. There's a photograph, which I saw in the Washington Post, which is, as I said, the aerial view of the uh, fossil with a man laying next to it so that you can see. Have you seen this picture? I mean, it's just... He's dwarfed. Unbelievably gigantic. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. It makes you want to go back and, you know... Rewatch Jurassic Park. It really does. Except that you hate Jurassic Park. I don't like it. What? It's just a bad movie. That's a great no, it's not a, it's a bad film. Movie. And it's not just a great film. I love that there are multiples. It's super cheesy. It's not. 
There's it nothing is. cheesy about it. It is. It's a Velociraptor's not cheesy. It's scary. Oh, and Jeff scary. Goldblum is great. I love Jeff You Goldblum. love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. And what's, who's the woman? What's her name? Helen Hunt? No. No, Laura Linney. Oh, You same. love her. Right. I do love Laura Linney. What is wrong? I mean, I you know. need to reconsider. Anything that has, like, any movie that has, like, it's kind of like a superhero movie in a way. It is. You know, there's a but chase scene but, in it. But the, oh, I, but the idea is that man is trying to exhibit supremacy I, yeah. over nature, and nature will not allow it. Yeah, we go up to Seven Springs. You see those gigantic fences. Our house, our friend has a house up there. Yeah. And I see those gigantic, and I go, oh, there's Jurassic Park. See, there you it's go. It's cool. But you don't think it's cool enough to watch it? Uh, no, I'm not going to watch it again. He's not going to watch it, Christy. How many times have you seen it, Christy? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> what? Exactly. Really? You like exactly. it that much? I mean, yeah. it's not like my favorite movie, but if yeah. it's on, if you see it, this is on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm watching it. It's like the Long Green Mile or something like that. You go, oh yeah. I think it's just that. the Green Mile, right? Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's got long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you've missed any of our program, find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts, and have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.